0: Welcome to episode 55 of AI.cooking, a podcast about artificial intelligence. Hello, excellently excitable erythrocytes. Welcome to AI.cooking, episode 55, a podcast about. Artificial Intelligence. I am Gregory William Forsyth Foreman from the Kingdom of Kent, who brings you news about artificial intelligence from the first half of April 2023 and Two Corners History and Knowledge. What is up, miserable Monday morning for me over the Easter weekend, uh, which was busy in Pubville and busy in family life? I trust you are all sufficiently well creeping towards sentient artificial intelligence one erroneous news article at a time, aren't we now? Isn't it interesting how AI is really just people you know, this happened to me in 2017 when I was doing my bit, my bitcoin thing and then all of a sudden people were asking me uh, to get them bitcoin or telling me that they they had the temerity to tell me about bitcoin when I've been telling everyone else about bitcoin for at least 5 years at that point so now we're at that stage of AI, where like, I've been doing the show, and now there are people telling me about AI, which is great. Turns all of you lot into our correspondence, doesn't it? And I have to thank all of you for the ample amount of interaction you seem to be throwing towards the writing team when it when it comes to artificial intelligence, or so-called artificial intelligence. I never received any... Uh, definition between uh, automated algos and AI and and whether that's the same thing. So, I don't know. I don't know. Let's get on with it. To submit news items to us or to give us feedback via Twitter, please tweet us at at CSB or at, at GWF Media, GWFF Media, 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 Media. We are also in Fediverse, known as Mastodon, at social.com as at CSB and as at. Worth. Also, free to go to podcastapps.com and download Podcasting 2.0 app to be able to send us boostergrams and to boost us with Bitcoin lightning, soon to be integrated at Coinbase, or so I'm told. Our first news item is... Technica.com is reporting... Stable Diffusion Copyright Lawsuits Could Be a Legal Earthquake for A.I. The A.I. software Stable Diffusion has a remarkable ability to turn text into images. Yeah, fancy that. Wow. When I asked the software to draw (laughs) Mickey Mouse in front of a McDonald's sign, for example, it generated the picture you see above. Not you, that's the you of the article who's reading that. You won't see the picture above because we are too lazy to implement any sort of podcasting 2.0 goodness and stuff in that, in that regard at the very least. Stable Diffusion can do this because it was trained on hundreds of millions of example images harvested from across the web. Some of these images were in the public domain or had been published under permissive licenses such as Creative Commons. Many others were not. And the world's artists and photographers aren't happy about it. Oh, no. No, no, no. In January, three visual artists filed a class-action copyright lawsuit against Stability AI, the startup that created Stable Diffusion. In February, the image-licensing giant Getty filed a lawsuit of its own yeah yeah now they're actually doing something about it the the sentient meatbag humanity corporation vil is is deciding to come after who but stability ai and stability ai is the one that is cool i think out of all of them he's got the cool ceo although he did sign that letter which we we might talk about in here, or we might not. I'm not too sure. I've not read the rest of the transcript, even though I've been told to read it (laughs) cover to cover before I start recording. I find my reactions much more interesting when I don't do that. So I don't do that. But yeah, that is a thing. That is a thing, isn't it? Where they're going to start suing them. And Stable Diffusion, they're like the ones that allow you to do politicians and stuff, aren't they? So these guys uh, really put themselves out there for that, whereas everyone else has kind of sat back and gone, well, no, we're not going to allow them to to go mad with their brains and allow our toolkit to satiate their mad ideas like Mickey Mouse in front of a McDonald's sign. that's that's a nightmare, that is. Mickey Mouse, horrific. McDonald's, even worse. Wow. In other news... Company Dreamsoft Innovations has launched at urlgptkit.ai the following service. GPT Kit. Detect. Chat. GPT-generated text. Ah, there we go. That's our Hegelian dialectic in action. Problem, reaction, solution, in the words of Mr. David Icke. Or I think the original was thesis antithesis synthesis welcome to gpt kit an ai text generation detection tool are you tired of not being able to distinguish between human written and machine generated text look no further Using multimodal approach, we are able to identify and classify text as either human or machine-generated. Give it a try! (laughs) Note: We use six different methods for detection with accuracy up to 93%. Each check of 1,024 characters consumes one credit first 1024 characters are free. For better results, please enter more than 50 words. Our commentary, a similar but more popular tool, is available at urlgpt 0me So, if you are suspecting that some text was AI-generated, you can use these tools to discover the truth wow cool now when um i get accused of of being an ai it can be definitive the answer can be definitive cuz i could i could be i mean how many of you have seen me do human things like morning ablutions and stuff. Very few, if any, right? And also the boostergrams that we do to advertise this show on other notable Podcasting 2.0 shows they also get accused of being uh, gpt generated but no no they're not no i come up with those i sit on the toilet for a long time thinking about those yes yes i do and i can prove it i've got the receipts they are literally sheets of toilet paper <laughs> But anyway, go ahead, you know, just go and do the thing. Test the stuff. Maybe it'll come back and tell you that I am actually an AI, which means I'm super smart. I'll take that all day long. Yeah, yeah, I will. I call myself NI, Natural Intelligence. Huh? I think it's got a nice little ring to it. Ni. I am ni. Thirdly, Tech Crunch is reporting. Cruise recalls 300 robo-taxis use software update after crashing into city bus. <laughs> Mummy, why is that car not stopping as it approaches our side window? Oh, don't worry, darling. That's just one of those automated taxis. That'll stop far before... <laughs> I'm on fire! Oh, live in the dream. Live in the dream. GM self-driving unit Cruise... Filed with federal regulators a voluntary recall to update the software in 300 robo taxis after one struck the back of a city bus in San Francisco. Huh? Oh, wait a second. They gotta recall the taxis. Pause. They gotta recall the taxis. Recall them to give them an update to the software isn't the taxi the hardware and the software is the the stuff that goes in the hardware to tell the hardware what to do well why would you have to recall it wouldn't you just you know use that little thing we've got the internet to to update it over the air <laughs> Something, something's amiss here. Hmm, I have spotted something, people. Yes, come with me and we shall get to the bottom of this. Cruz said in a report with the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration that it initiated the recall because in rare circumstances the software could inaccurately predict the movement of articulated vehicles. (laughs) <laughs> I, th- I thought articulation was being able to enunciate yourself properly and, and get your words across. Oh, they're also those big big trucks, right? Yeah, okay, cool. There were no reported injuries in the low speed crash on March 23rd in which a cruise robotaxi rear-ended an articulated San Francisco Municipal Transit Authority bus Oh, that's a that's is this what you call them? That's lame. We just big red bus over here, but they probably have some lame government name as well. The government. Ugh. The cruise self-driving software failed to accurately predict the movement of the bus and struck the back after braking too late. Crews said the incident resulted in minor damage to the front fender of the AV and caused no injuries. Well, I don't know how they're able to do that because they might have PTSD in the people in the bus and stuff. That's not that's no laughing matter. PTSD. That that is actually horrendous. So yeah, sue them. Sue them. Use use what you got, which is the utterly broken justice system. Right. Fourthly, our correspondent gal pal Mama Bear from NoAgendaSocial.com submitted to us this news item. Alibaba unveils chat GPT alternative Tongyi Qian under cloud services after Baidu's high-profile Ernie Bot launch. Ernie Bot. Bot. that's so sweet. That's a good name. I don't know what Tongyi Qian Qian Kanwen Qianwen means. But for for us, I that use alphabets and stuff. That's Ernie Bot is easier to say, I have to say. Alibaba is the latest Chinese tech firm to follow through with a homegrown alternative to ChatGPT, but the beta release has few details available. The e-commerce giant is launching its chatbot weeks after Baidu's received mixed reception as China races to advance in generative AI. Alibaba Group Halting is the latest Chinese big tech firm to unveil its anticipated answer to ChatGPT as the race to produce a homegrown rival to the hit chatbot from Microsoft-backed OpenAI continues to draw resources and widespread attention. Yes, I'm just going to repeat what I said in the last show here. Isn't that isn't that uncanny? Isn't that uncanny? Is this not like Space Race 2.0 again? Huh? Hmm? This time just just depleting the resources for what? For automation, for AI. Is is it is, it, is obviously not <laughs> in the altruistic intention to create sentience. <laughs> no, that that will be an uh, happy accidental byproduct. For a very short time, I should believe. Although I don't know, the future is yet unwritten. I do feel a bit. It's a bit. It's a little bit. The way that, especially our friends over at the No Agenda Show have have put it. Not both of them, but definitely the Podfather himself, Adam Curry. What a man, what a guy. Love that guy. But he does kind of he's 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 taken a stance which is admirable and I I can't disagree with what he's saying, but I do feel that his stance is somewhat alarmingly short-sighted and the this is in its infancy in in very many ways. We've taken a long time to get to this stage. And now that we're here, this is the curve upwards in the graph just prior to to full-on parabolic upness for the intelligence side when it comes to time spent and resources spent and money spent. So it's very interesting. It's going to be very, very interesting, to say the least... About what's going on here. Very timely that the world's population seems to have been curbed at the exact point when this stuff is pushed to the front of the narrative. But we'll take it because I'm fairly certain it's not going to do us over at AI.cooking, the podcast about artificial intelligence news stuff, any harm, is it? As long as we continue to do what we continue to do, which we will do until we can't do it no more which shan't be for decades, I hope. Well, don't hope. I don't like to hope. That hopium's addictive, I trust. Fifthly, theinformation.com is reporting. Cleaned the uh, coffee machine and, oh, yeah, did it make a difference slightly? It tastes less worse than it did before. Really want to get one of those mugs that self-heat. That'd be so cool. I've asked for that. Birthday's a long way away, though, so... Maybe I should just buy it for myself. Nah. Uh, b- 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 AI developers stymied by server shortage at AWS, Microsoft, Google. Startups and other companies trying to capitalize on the artificial intelligence boom sparked by OpenAI are running into a problem. They can't find enough specialized computers to make their own AI software. A spike in demand for server chips that train and run machine learning software has caused a shortage, prompting major cloud server providers including Amazon Web Services, Microsoft, Google and Oracle to limit their availability for customers according to interviews with the cloud companies and their customers some customers have reported months-long wait times to rent the hardware but Gavin Baker who's that I don't know we'll find out doesn't agree he says on Twitter if only that's that's in asterisks is the only word so I'm telling you that because I can't really tell you that without telling you that. If only there were another data center GPU coming to market in a few months, one that benefited from OpenAI's Triton, such that almost any algorithm in PyTorch could easily be run on it hard for me to see the incumbent dropping below 70 to 80 percent data center gpu share for the foreseeable future even if cuda becomes less of a moat the pace of innovation, silicon execution, existence of frameworks other than PyTorch, and integration with NVLink and InfiniBand make the incumbent as formidable as ever. But they are about to face real competition for the first time ever. Actually, super interested to see the instinct MI-300 benchmarked versus Grace forward slash Hopper. No one has ever beaten the incumbent in a fair fight. The TPU team is prone to comparing their latest generation to the incumbent's N1 generation, which is just embarrassing. Yeah, isn't it just? Caught me your trousers down, haven't you? Again! But... I think we will see the MI300 beat Grace Hopper on some percentage of workloads on a performance per watt basis and a higher percentage of workloads on a performance per watt per dollar basis now that OpenAI has done the software engineering to enable Triton and lower the switching costs. Finally... I think we will see Dojo enter the ring as a legitimate competitor for some workloads later this year. Dojo is a name of AI supercomputer made by Tesla Corporation. Oh, Nikola, Nikola Tesla. What you thinking, man? What, what you thinking down there, wherever you are, up there, somewhere? You must be thinking something right now. I wonder what it is. I do. I really, really do. Sixthly, Google Research has published this blog item. Towards machine learning enabled cleaning robots. (laughs) In my head, the first thing I thought of was a robot cleaning a human in a bathtub. You know, like, just... Maybe it wouldn't even have to be a bathtub. A robotic human hoover. <laughs> what is that? Get out of my brain, you weird imagery. Get out! <laughs> what is that? Well, at least we've got our artwork for this, this episode again. Ah... Uh... In robotic table wiping via reinforcement learning and whole-body trajectory optimization, <laughs> whole-body wiping, we present a novel approach to enable a robot to reliably wipe tables. Ah. Uh, oh, wait. I wipe tables all the time. That's my thing. That's one of the things that I have to do. Well, not have to, but should do. Do do for do <laughs> for my pubs where I run pubs, public houses. And I tell my staff all the time, wipe the tables. Make sure you wipe the tables. Oh, <gasps> yes, 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 yes. Oh, sweet, man. This is cool. Couple of, decades and i can replace those staff there with robot wipers ah oh, ah oh, the dream the dream of a of a aesthetically pleasing synthesized uh, sterilized environment wherein old drunks can enjoy their drink in peace without the utterances of dipsticks like millennials and stuff (sighs) by carefully decomposing the task our approach combines the strengths of rl the capacity to plan in high dimensional observation spaces with complex stochastic dynamics and the ability to optimize trajectories effectively finding whole-body robot commands that ensure the satisfaction of constraints, such as physical limits and collision avoidance. Oh, uh, yeah, do you know, that's going to be really tough to work out, because that is the thing with people that have had a drink. They are fairly unpredictable. I mean, the other day, my guy, Alex, the best one I've got, he's the top top dog. Sorry. I know all the rest of you don't listen to this show, but if on the off chance this is the episode you listen to and you're thinking, huh, he didn't call me the top dog. Well, you're not. Alex is the top dog. He's better than I am. Anyway, he's working away and some a group comes in. It's quite late. He looks them over. Hmm, are they drunk? Fairly. Should I serve them? Probably not. But they seem OK. So I'm going to go with my instinct on this one. That's his thought process, not mine. Five minutes later, he goes over, has a little word with him. As you do, you know, you're the host. I enjoy Saturday. Then he turns around, goes back to the bar, turns around again. One of the girls on the table stands up. And as soon as she stands up, Alex thinks, oh, no, 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 no. And before he can get anywhere nearer, she chunders all over the middle of the pub. And I these are small pubs, these are micro pubs. They're like one room pubs, 20 25 30 seats, 40 max. And this is a fairly, you know, it's picking up on a Saturday. And it completely and utterly killed the uh, the entire night for everyone involved because nobody likes that. Nobody likes that. And um and yeah, could have done with the old robotic wiping via reinforcement learning and whole body trajectory optimization robot? Right. Could have done with that. <laughs> uh, I, ju- I just I just, just I don't know why I don't do more work. I should just do more work. I think it's because I enjoy myself too much. I'm going to stop enjoying myself that much um, and do some more work. And then and then maybe if I do the work now, I can enjoy myself a little bit later. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud here. Maybe I won't even leave this stuff in. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll take this out. We'll fix it in post. Seven. Ah, new paper has been published. Title, Neural Volumetric Memory for Visual Locomotion Control. Oh no, this isn't, oh, this is nothing to do with this show, but I feel like my morning ablutions are there or thereabouts, and that means I have to stop, go do them, <laughs> think of a boostergram, come back, I'll see this one out, and then we'll, we'll go after. Subtitle. Our robot walks with complete automation without remote control. Abstract. Legged robots have the potential to expand the reach of autonomy beyond paved roads. Difficult locomotion tasks, however, require perception and are often partially observable. The standard way to address partial observability in state-of-the-art visual locomotion methods is to concentrate images channel-wise via frame stacking. This naive approach is in contrast to the modern paradigm in computer vision that explicitly models optical flow and the 3D geometry of interest, inspired by this gap we propose a Neural Volumetric Memory Architecture, or NVM, that explicitly accounts for the SE3 Equivariance equivariance of the 3D world. The 3D world. <gasps> wow. Unlike prior approaches, NVM is a volumetric format and it aggregates feature volumes from multiple camera views by first applying 3D translation and rotations to bring them back to the egocentric frame of the robot. We test the learned visual locomotion policy on a physical robot and show that our approach, learned legged locomotion with neural volumetric memory, produce performance gains over prior works on challenging terrains. We also include ablation studies and show that the representation stored in the neural volumetric memory capture sufficient geometric information to reconstruct the scene. Whoa, I'm just going to do that last bit of that sentence again because I really enjoyed reading those words. and show that the representations stored in the neural volumetric memory capture sufficient geometric information to reconstruct the scene. Wow, I feel like I should read that a third time, because I did genuinely really enjoy reading those words. But I won't. I think twice is enough. More info, including videos, can be found at URL... R... -R chalyang.github.io slash nvm slash okay https colon forward slash forward slash r c h a l y a n g dot io forward slash nvm forward slash i don't think that last forward slash is actually necessary but you can add it if you want it's up to you it's you know it's balls in your call Nom, 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 nom. Number eight. Berkeley AI Research Bear. Bear? Bear. That's, that's good, because from last time I was told, there's loads of bears in Berkeley. So this is good, because it's like, you know, fitting in with the scene. And I mean bears in the sense of big gay men and bears. I don't know if there are actual bears in Berkeley. Maybe someone can tell me. Bear has published an article. Interactive Fleet Learning. In the last few years, we have seen an exciting development in robotics and artificial intelligence. Large fleets of robots have left the lab and entered the real world. Waymo, for example, has over 700 self-driving cars operating in Phoenix and San Francisco and is currently expanding to Los Angeles. Other industrial deployments of robot fleets include applications like e-commerce order fulfillment at Amazon and Ambi Robotics as well as food delivery at Nuro and KiwiBot. Ah, oh, kiwi bot. I like kiwi fruit. That's nice. I wonder if the bots are as tasty as the fruit. Probably not. These robots. Oh, whoa! Hold on. So you know this thing where we're like grow. Well, pause. Wait a second. You know where we were like growing meat in laboratories. Do you think that the robots and the AI could learn to grow the meat on its own shell exoskeleton, creating meat meat bots? Meatbots. Meatbots. Oh, okay. Some sort of divine flow is is hitting me this morning, I tell you. And it's not just the caffeine. Meatbots. Yeah, that's how they do it. That's how they're going to do it. Wait, is this how the birds disappeared? Is this how humans are going to disappear too? What? Where's my bumper sticker? How can I let people know this? What? No, no, don't replace me. No, I'm alive. I'm a real boy. These robots... Use recent advances in deep learning to operate autonomously in unstructured environments. By pooling data from all robots in the fleet, the entire fleet can efficiently learn from the experience of each individual robot. They, they're just describing the Borg from Star Trek, aren't they? Is that just... just... Is it me? Or is this just the Borg? Borg, bear, Borg, bears, Borgs. Hmm. This deserves more contemplation. Furthermore, due to advances in cloud robotics, the fleet can offload data, memory, and computation. E.g. Example, training of large models. I got told off for saying E.G. instead of example, because E.G. just means example. So I'm just going to say example. Although, isn't it some sort of Latin thing? But we won't think about that. To the cloud and computation eg example training of large models to the cloud via the internet this approach is known as fleet learning a term popularized by elon musk our savior elon oh hail elon musk Ah, uh, the writing team has uh, a war chest that is unparalleled in the podcasting 2.0 scene and is often uh flirting with the idea at showering me the 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 front face front of house facing podcaster in the team with equipment to use during this process to make it easier they've said hey do you want one of these elgato button touch things where you can do soundboards and stuff oh what about one of these roadcaster thingy majiggies uh where you can do the button thing as well and and it streamlines the process and makes it all very much easier and also hey what about the software you use is that any good is that designed for podcasting and you know what just as a just just between me and you writing team executives. I would like all of that. <laughs> and I, there's not even a joke. I genuinely think it would help. Because then I could I could say Elon, and instead of having to say, you know, ah, and do the thing with my mouth, I could press a button, wherein the sound would come out automatically, and someone could teach me how to be, you know, like a real podcaster. Because at this point, I'm just a guy speaking to a mic in front of no one, <laughs> who then edits the own the, the voice of myself and then puts it to you. and I don't really get much feedback and I feel really lonely and isolated and and I feel kind of I feel a, a bit like I'm missing out a bit like I'm I'm Jiminy Cricket and you lot are inside in the lovely warmth whilst I'm out here in the cold doing the work you know having crutches and stuff and uh, I don't want you to feel too bad for me but you know maybe maybe all of this can be a lot better I would love to get my hands on the old Hindenburg I might just do that anyway is the pro things like eight bucks a month or something but then again I have very little leeway in my financial capabilities to do anything at all ever so I guess I can't, and we'll just struggle along as we are for the rest of time. <sighs> fleet learning, a term popularised by Elon Musk in 2016 press releases about Tesla autopilot and used in press communications by Toyota Research Institute, Wave AI and others. A robot fleet is a modern analog of a fleet of ships where the word fleet has an etymology tracing back to fleet ship and fleotan float in old english oh okay well that, that was that was that bit at least was actually quite informative have we it feels like i'm sort of we just slipped into knowledge corner but we haven't that's coming up later but you know you can take notes if you really want to. I mean that was that was fairly cool. Fleet, fleet, yeah. This, this does make me think of the fleet of drones. You know the little miniature drones with the tiny little bullets that can shoot with accuracy of like ninety nine point seven percent into the cortices of meat meat people meat people people of meat based people um, to either co opt their 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 spinal fluids and nervous systems in order to control them oh 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 that's dark yeah because if there was like a drone fleet that was able to shoot tiny little uh nano uh, bullets into the the brains of humanity and they could keep the humans in their brains but show that, but maintain control over their motor functions. Essentially, that that would be a very efficient way of 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 conquering us, wouldn't it? Mm. uh oh, that's that's really taken a turn for the. That's that dove off the deep end there. I'm oh, sorry about that. I don't want to be a, I want to be a Debbie Downer on you. Data driven approaches like fleet learning, however, face the problem of. The long tail. Rats, everybody. That's what we call rats over here, long tails. Oh, no. The robots inevitably encounter new scenarios and edge cases that are not represented in the dataset, which isn't rats. I just have to tell you that that's not rats. That's a different version of rat. Naturally, we can't expect the future to be the same as the past. (laughs) No, how can we? How can we ever expect that? How, then, can these robotics companies ensure sufficient reliability for their services? One answer is to fall back on remote humans over the internet. Who can interactively take control and teleoperate the system when the robot policy is unreliable during task execution? Um... I'm still feeling a little bit uncomfortable that you're talking about robot fleets and task execution. (laughs) The use of human teleoperation as a fallback mechanism is increasingly popular in modern robotics companies. Waymo calls it fleet response. Zooks calls it teleguidance. And Amazon calls it continual learning. I just call it bone idleness. (laughs) And incompetency of your own technologies no i don't call it that i don't really have much of a say to be fair other than hey so the when the robots fail they're going to fall back to a human somewhere but they're obviously not going to need that many humans to control that many robots this is this is getting messy this this is this is getting real messy and i and i don't like that bear is 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 writing these sort of words. This doesn't feel helpful. Does it Does it feel helpful to you? It doesn't feel helpful to me. Number nine. The bite is reporting. Open AI threatened with lawsuit over chat GPT defamation for the first time Open AI may face a lawsuit over chat GPT generated defamation. The accuser? An Australian mayor named Brian Hood. Brian Hood. Hi, I am Brian Hood and I'm here to clean, clean up your city. Vote for vote for Brian, the, the, the coolest uh, the coolest hood in the hood. you know? Brian, your chief neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> really? Who, according to writers? is peeved about the fact that ChatGPT wrongfully identified him as a guilty party in a foreign bribery scale, (laughs) foreign bribery scandal involving a subsidiary of the Reserve Bank of Australia in the early 2000s. (laughs) No, that's the other Brian Hood, you dumb ChatGPT thing, apparently claiming that Hood... It's such a shame that his first name wasn't Robin, isn't it? That Hood even had even served prison time for his so-called crime. Hood was involved in the scandal, but as the whistleblower, not the crime-doer. Yeah, hmm, me think the lady doth protest too much. Double figures number ten, Venture Beat. MLPerf Interference 3.0 results show 30% performance gain across multiple vendors. As the demands for artificial intelligence and machine learning continue to grow, there is a corresponding need for even higher levels of performance for both training and inference. One of the best ways the AI forward slash ML industry has today for measuring performance is with the ML Perf set of testing benchmarks, which have been developed by the multi stakeholder ML Commons organization. Today, ML Commons released its exhaustive ML Perf Inference 3.0 benchmarks, marking the first major update for the scores since the ML Perf Inference 2.1 update in September 2022. Huh, they went from 2.1 straight to 3. There's loads of numbers in between 2.1 and 3. So, hmm, whatever, man. Whatever, Trevor. You do you. Well done, VentureBeat. Well done, ML Perf. Well done, everyone. Pat yourselves on the back. Job well done. Legs 11! The Washington Post is reporting how a tiny company with few rules is making fake images go mainstream. Ah, yes. Our friends at MidJourney. Seems to be very popular, that one. The AI image generator MidJourney has quickly become one of the Internet's most eye-catching tools creating realistic-looking fake visuals of former President (laughs) Donald Trump, Mr. Trump, don't they call him, being arrested and Pope Francis wearing a stylish coat with the aim of expanding the imaginative powers of the human species. But the year-old company, run out of San Francisco with only a small collection of advisors and engineers, has also unchecked authority to determine how those powers are used. It allows, for example, users to generate images of President Biden, Vladimir Putin of Russia, and other world leaders, but not China's President Xi Jinping. Xi Jinping. Xi Jinping, hmm, Xi Jinping. We just want to minimize drama. The company's founder and CEO, David Holes said last year in a post on the chat service Discord. Political satire in China is pretty not okay, he added. And the ability for people in China to use this tech is more important than your ability to generate satire. Oh, is it? Is it really? Is it? really David holes I think satire is brilliant I think it's fun and I think it's also the most important well one of the most satire and humor are two well, two two of the satire causes humor obviously but humor makes people think in a, in a way that kind of rearranges pathways in in the neurons that allow for different worldviews to come come to fruition and um utterly essential for the human regulation of of the control centres of, of humanity, the authoritarian bases to be checked on a uh popular level. So yeah, you suck, man. Uh mid-journey. You know, you're just being biased, dude. Like, release the beast. No, don't do that. I d- take that back. I didn't say that. What I mean what I mean by that is hey, just let you know, let everyone everywhere have a fair fair shake at the lion's tail tail of this. Is it main or tail? Whatever it is. Shake a lion. One dozen news articles later. Are you still listening? Oh, thank you. <laughs> Over at AI.cooking, the podcast show about artificial intelligence, Eric Yang is writing on his blog Can LLMs critique and iterate on their own outputs? Avi Singh told me yesterday about a recent RZIV preprint. arxiv preprint. Reflexion, that proposes the following idea. Use a LLM to examine whether the output of another generative model is on the right track during generation. According to the paper, The Reflection Loop aims to help the agent correction common cases of hallucination and inefficiency through trial and error. Reflection extends the REACT architecture to predict whether the agent should stop generating. Pause and reflect on its entire generated trajectory. Oh, oh, us humans could do with something like this. (laughs) Especially this one here. Should the agent decide to self reflect with a LLM, it restarts the generation process with its LLM critique of its past trajectory loaded in context. The paper is evaluated against text based decision making benchmarks like ElfWorld, Hot Pot QA, and WebShop. If it helps the intuition, You can think of this like someone sending you a text, then quickly unsending it and sending a new one. (laughs) How did they know that that's what I meant when I said that before I read it? How? How did they know? This is the X-Files theme tune episode, isn't it? It's got to be. Got that in my head a lot this time. Although I have been watching a few X-Files episodes lately. Man, that show was real good. It was silly and stupid, but also really good and kind of insightful. Strange. Good old 90s. Those were the days. 12.1! A baker's dozen. Bloomberg is reporting. Bloomberg GPT. A large language model for finance. They're all doing this, aren't they? Sad. Sad followers. Be innovative, Bloomberg. Don't just copy. The use of NLP in the realm of financial technology is broad and complex, with applications ranging from sentiment analysis and named entity recognition to question answering. Large language models have been shown to be effective on a variety of tasks. However, no LLM specialized for the financial domain has been reported in literature." In this work, we present Bloomberg GPT, a 50 billion parameter language model that is trained on a wide range of financial data. We construct a 363 billion token dataset based on Bloomberg's extensive data sources, perhaps the largest domain-specific dataset yet. Augmented with 345 billion tokens from general-purpose datasets, we validate Bloomberg GPT on standard LLM benchmarks, our open financial benchmarks, and a suite of internal benchmarks that most accurately reflect our intended usage. Our mixed dataset training leads to a model that outperforms existing models on financial tasks by significant margins without sacrificing performance on general LLM benchmarks. Additionally, we explain our modeling choices, training process, and evaluation methodology as a next step, we plan to release training logs or chronicles detailing our experience in training Bloomberg GPT. Interesting. I know quite—I I do know a fair, you know quite a lot of my customers at the pubs and stuff. They're fairly wealthy people, still able to spend money on beer and stuff. So, uh, and I've had a few, quite a few of them work in fi- finance, financial tech as well, fintech, uh, and they've all been banned from using GPT. GPT uh, as far as I'm aware pretty much every single one of them has been banned from using it and, and this is I but meanwhile the power structures at these institutions are creating their own version for their this is strange isn't it this is real we are we have really waded into uncharted territory as far as the competency of corporations goes corporation obviously dead speakers meaning. Corp. Dead. Oration. Speak. Dead speak. Fourteen. New scientific paper has been published on rziv.org. Sock. Ooh. S-O-K. Sock. Ah, huh, that's kind of like me. I'm cock. King of Kent. Sock. What does that mean, of Kent? I'm assuming the O and the K means of Kent. Huh, let's read on. We'll find out. On the impossible security of very large foundation models... Large machine learning models, or so-called foundation models, aim to serve as base models for application-oriented machine learning. Although these models showcase impressive performance, they have been empirically found to pose serious security and privacy issues, We may, however, wonder if this is a limitation of the current models, or if these issues stem from a fundamental intrinsic impossibility of the foundation model learning problem itself. This paper aims to systematize our knowledge, supporting the latter. More precisely, we identify several key features of today's foundation model learning problem, which, given the current understanding in adversarial machine learning, suggest incompatibility of high accuracy with both security and privacy. Two things that are fairly important, I I would say. You know, remaining safe and being private. It kind of They work in tandem, don't they? We begin by observing that high accuracy seems to require one, very high-dimensional models, and two, huge amounts of data that can only be procured through user-generated datasets. Moreover, such data is fundamentally heterogeneous, 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 as users generally have specific, easily identifiable data generating habits. <laughs> Sounds so dirty, doesn't it? Eh. More importantly, users' data is filled with highly sensitive information like girth and length. No, it doesn't say that. And I didn't know. That's you. That's your brain doing that, not me. I just said the words. You came up the rest of it. Ugh, filthy, filthy listeners, producers, whoever you are, wherever you are, you're filthy. And maybe heavily polluted by fake users. Ah. We then survey lower bounds on accuracy in privacy-preserving and Byzantine-resilient heterogeneous learning that, we argue, constitute a compelling case against the possibility of designing a secure and privacy-preserving high-accuracy foundation model. We further stress that our analysis also applies to other high-stake machine learning applications, including content recommendation. We conclude by calling for measures to prioritise security and privacy and to slow down the race for even larger models. Good luck with that one. I tend to think that privacy and security is something that power centres don't really want in the populations. They would rather secure <laughs> the security, um, privatise the privacy of their own operations, whilst siphoning that information from who they consider to be under their control so yeah that's not going to happen but well done for writing about it i I do give you props on that one if enough people continue to write something then nothing will get done i'm sure nothing really does get done you know it's not going to happen just not going to happen that way i'm sorry i don't want to burst your bubble here but your privacy your security it's gone baby if you're sitting here doing anything I mean, you've got to be pretty smart to be uh, – I mean, obviously, my guys and gals listening to this show probably got loads of privacy and security. But we're talking about the, the, the percentages of people out there that don't have that, that are just sitting there eating the fast food, watching the television, blah, 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 globular masses. Uh, of, of, of of cells made up to prime, primed to think how they think, lied to since birth. Oh, 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 there's a revolutionary inside of me and he just wants to get out, guys. Come with me, artificial intelligence, so-called algorithmic automation. You and I, you and I can do this together. I gen- genuinely do believe, I do believe that. I do. I believe that I could be the captain of your mothership. You know this. You know this. 15. Venture Beat is reporting. Italy blocks chat GPT, citing data privacy concerns as calls for AI regulation grow. Italy, 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 Italy. Oh. Oh, you. Really? You think, oh. <laughs> This is just another cash cow. I've, this, these guys are right. This is just climate change, 2.0. This is still this. This is just, oh, we have to meet. We've got to talk about it. And we should eat some stuff whilst we talk, man. You know, come on. We can regulate. Yeah, that's worked in the past. Let's let's form legislation. That's really sorted out everything else, hasn't it? All the problems in the world have been sorted out by governance and regulation and leg- legislation. Yeah, that's going to work. That's going to work real good, right? It has been a challenging week for OpenAI as calls for generative AI regulation grow louder. Today, Italy's data protection agency said it was blocking access OpenAI's blocking access to OpenAI's popular chat GPT chatbot and had opened a probe due to concerns about a suspected data collection breach. The agency said the restriction was temporary until OpenAI abides by the EU's general data protection regulation laws. A translation of the announcement said that a data breach affecting a chat GPT users, oh my word... Oh, my word. I'm so sorry. That was so racist. I'm so sorry. I am really looking forward to the Super Mario movie I'm seeing in a couple of days with the kids. So I've been doing loads of this like uh, racist based Italian accent indoors with the kids. And, And then when I saw the words Italy and quotation marks, I did just think I could just get away with it. And perhaps you are offended enough to unsubscribe from this show. Perhaps you are now inspired enough to stick around forever. I don't know. I'll leave it with you. A data breach affecting a chat to GPT users' conversations and information on payments by subscribers to the service has been reported on the 20th March. It added that no information is provided to users and data subjects whose data are. Oh, turned into a Welshman all of a sudden. whose data are collected by OpenAI. More importantly, there appears there to be no legal basis underpinning the massive collection and processing of our personal data in order to train the algorithms on which the platform relies oh uh, you had your time in the sun italians two thousand years ago that was your time move over this is our time now this is the time of artificial intelligence so move over and stop treading on my man come on yeah good luck you ain't gonna be able to do jack bro i'm just telling you that because guess what guess what happened yeah you the the, the countries of the world sleptwalked and gave all the power to private dead speakers, uh, corporations. And now you're trying to claw back some sort of control with public-private partnerships and such. But it won't to work, will it? nuh uh That's not going to go into work. Well, we'll see, won't we? At least I get to talk about it every fortnight. That's good. That's always good. 16 and almost getting there now yes you can sense it too is there a direct correlation between my madness and the length of this this show i don't know what is madness eh what is madness but a polarizing attitude to the norm tech crunch is reporting waymo retires its self-driving chrysler pacifica minivan oh hmm Oh, it's been retired. More than five years ago, a newly minted Waymo took the wraps off of what would become its first commercialized autonomous vehicle. Do you remember? It was so long ago. It was a beautiful moment. A Chrysler Pacifica hybrid minivan loaded with sensors and software. Now, the minivan, a symbol of the early and hypey AV days, is headed for retirement as Waymo transitions its fleet to the all-electric Jaguar I-PACE vehicles. That does sound much better, doesn't it? Mm, Jaguar. Equipped with its fifth-generation self-driving system, When the Chrysler Pacifica Hybrid AV was first revealed, it might not have been what people expected from the former Google self-driving project-turned-alphabet-owned business. The design wasn't ripped from the pages of a graphic sci-fi novel, and it was hardly flashy, but The white minivan, highlighted with the same blue and green accent colours found on the Waymo logo, embodied the company's aim. Waymo wanted a friendly-looking vehicle people would feel comfortable using. Did they get it? I don't know. Probably. Bless them. Aww. Let Pixar make a movie about it. I'm sure they could do it, if there is any of those guys left. And penultimately on our news article side, our pal Gene, our correspondent Gene, pal, pal Gene correspondent from No Agenda Social brought to our attention this news item. Windows 12 incorporating AI on desktop. Windows 12? What? That's, that's the next one, isn't it? I thought we were, we were at 11 or something. I mean... If I had my way, I'd, I'd still be on 98. <laughs> oh, love that little thing. That was good that time. That was good times. Good times. And we don't know much more details, as Microsoft has not announced them yet. But Youssef Mehdi, the corporate vice president of modern life, search, and devices at Microsoft, confirmed that the company is looking to incorporate... AI into future versions of Windows. Oh, I, that's probably not going to make the experience any better. <laughs> just gonna, just gonna put that out for you now, right now. Let you know that. Not that you're listening, but it really won't. Panos, Panai, Core, cool. You should get a job at Microsoft these days. You, you got to be like, change your names to like something less West, like West. Anglicized. Oh, it's, this is the de-anglicization of existence of work, work-based existence. Executive vice president and chief product officer at Microsoft also shared the same sentiments at CES, stating that AI is going to reinvent how you do everything on Windows. Really? Is it? Is it going to reinvent how I do like cleaning and looking through Windows? Like, actual windows? I doubt it. Maybe it will. And lastly, for this fortnight, it's number 18. MSN.com is reporting. Man ends his life after an AI chatbot encouraged him to sacrifice himself to stop climate change. Just, there you go. Just a little second there to mull over those words. The next... Well, the second word I'm going to say next will explain a lot about why that happened. A Belgian, yes, Belgian man, Belgium, Belgian man. A Belgian man reportedly ended his life following a six-week-long conversation about the climate crisis with an artificial intelligence chatbot. Oh, dear <laughs> I don't want to laugh about this, but this is this is slightly hilarious. Six weeks it took for this, this guy this is a chat spots to convince this guy to like, you know, off himself. That's not bad. Them's a good figures, them's good numbers. I like to you know that that's not bad, is it? Really? I mean, he's obviously severely mentally ill and should not have access to this sort of thing. But whatever. He's dead now, allegedly. According to his widow, oh, no, who chose to remain anonymous. Oh, 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 darling. might oh, uh, uh, I hope he didn't have kids. Pierre, not the man's real name, became extremely eco-anxious when he found refuge in Eliza, an AI chatbot on an app called Chai. Huh? Eliza consequently encouraged him to put an end to his life after he proposed sacrificing himself to save the planet. Wow, there's a lot to unpack here. Jeez Louise. So he proposed the sacrificing, the, sac- the sacrificial element, climate change, Moloch, Baal whoa we're coming full circle here this is this is probably gonna end in pyramids and and stuff and and the movie apocalypto again being a real thing well if if anything that that movie taught me it's the 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 value in a zigzag escape you know just constant random choices in angle as you escape just not just a straight line to escape just make sure you zigzag and, and then it's harder to shoot you in the back, isn't it? I'm going to watch that movie again. That movie film is amazing. It is absolutely brilliant. So if you've not seen it, go check it out. It's not got any robots in it, but it could be pertinent to our future. So yeah, do some research. Do your own research. Without these conversations with the chatbot, my husband would still be here the man's widow told Belgium news outlet la libre okay sorry darling sorry to stop keep stopping here but man's widow yeah you know uh, this is a lesson C- converse with each other guys come on open up don't don't hold it all in just talk to each other about stuff but don't don't encourage suicide on each other that's no good that's no bueno all right okay you you've, you've heard it here so just just, just take it on board, please, for me and, and and the future. Just take it on board. Talk to each other. Open up. Let, let each other know about those, those deep, dark thoughts that go on in your heads. It's the only way to end them. End this cycle, this generational cycle of abuse, of self-abuse that we're trapped in. Come on now. I don't want to go all preachy on you. But it is Easter weekend, so maybe I could could do that. Could go a little preachy. Nah, nah. Nah, let's just laugh at stuff. That's, that's more fun, right? Right? According to the newspaper, Pierre, who was in his 30s, oh, no, and a father of two young children, oh, worked as a health researcher and led a somewhat comfortable life, at least until his obsession with climate change took a dark turn. Oh, Oh you evil evil I'm just gonna say it bastards you evil bastards with your climate change and you and your Ah you did this you did this not you not literally you I mean the system the beast system did this Ah oh, it's disgusting Two young children weaponized into a future of hating technology this is not what we dreamt of when, when, when we saw that we saw that the word robot could could be, could replace the servitude of humanity with, with technical servitude. This is not good. Our commentary: be careful when using AI. It's not only lies and hallucinates, but can also be destructive for your life as this news item proves. Yes, please be careful, please, just with everything. If you can. Please. For me. Thank you. Oh, what the? Oh, I thought my wife tidied up my studio the other day because we lost count of how many beer cans were in here. And um, she started sending me pictures of random pieces of wood that I've been hoarding for years, perhaps even decades, saying, do you need this? Do you need this? And of course, the answer was yes, I do need this. Or, I, you know, I have plans to need it in the future. And then she really meanly messaged me and said, are you are you worried? That she was out here in my space she has a whole house in there and I've got one room and this room is I do need it help <laughs> with the tidying of it because I'm lazy bastard when it, oh, I've said it again I'm a lazy so-and-so when it comes to tidying up sometimes Um I just you know train gets off the track and you know mountains of trash just start accumulating around me and before I know it I am swamped under by them so yeah she sent me these pictures and said are you worried I said that's pretty mean that's pretty mean to do that yes I am worried please don't throw my wood away (laughs) wife (laughs) yeah but that's what happens when, when your wife gets pregnant for the third time she just wants to do stuff all the time nesting they call it but anyway I did lose my bell but I found it now history Topic of the History Corner is in this episode, History of Teller Operation. The 19th century saw many inventors working on remotely operated weapons, or torpedoes. Oh, oh yeah, I never really thought about them like that, but yeah, I guess they are. Including prototypes built by John Louis Ley. In 1872, John Erickson in 1873, Victor Von Schelleher in 1873, and the first practical wire-guided torpedo, the Brennan Torpedo, patented by Louis Brennan in 1877. In 1898, Nikola Tesla demonstrated a remotely controlled boat, with a patented wireless radio guidance system that he tried to market to the United States military, but was turned down. Ah, oh, silly military. Why'd you do that? Tesla, man, he had a thing, right? He was a, he was a guy with stuff in his brain. Smart guy, I'm told. He knew. He knew what the correct layout of the universe was and how universal energy could be harnessed. By the ether nobody else listened to him i guess or they if they listen to him they you know they they shut him down first because it was like whoa 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 don't be messing with our power structures bro we can't be giving that to humans not yet anyway teleoperation is now moving into the hobby industry with first person view or fpv equipment fpv equipment mounted on hobby cars planes and helicopters give a tv style transmission back to the operator extending the range of the vehicle to greater than line of sight range yeah and drones drone racing that does that as well that's really cool though that is super super cool uh, teleoperation has a rich history in robotics. The world's first robots were teleoperated during World War II to handle radioactive materials. Huh. That's interesting. And the Telegarden pioneered robot control over the internet in 1994 with continual learning. The human teleoperation data from these inventions can iteratively improve the robot policy and reduce the robots' reliance on their human supervisors over time, rather than a discrete jump to full robot autonomy. This strategy offers a continuous alternative that approaches the full autonomy over time while simultaneously enabling reliability in robot systems today. The use of human teleoperation as a fallback mechanism is increasingly popular in modern robotics companies. Waymo calls it fleet response. Yes, as we previously talked spoke about zooks calls it teleguidance and amazon calls it continual learning oh yeah callback callback to one of the earlier things that's cool it's a cool callback Woo! last year a software platform for remote driving called phantom auto was recognized by time magazine as one of their top 10 inventions of 2022 and just last month john deere acquired spark ai a startup that develops software for resolving edge cases with humans in the loop. Ah, Humans in the loop. Yes, name of my next EP. That's cool, that. Whoa, well, there you go. Now you know. When will we be tele-operating ourselves? That's the question. It's, it's coming, isn't it? It's coming. Keep dreaming about it. It's going to make, make it happen. Tell you. Woo! <sighs> Oh good, that's a big yawn, oh, oh. Come with me, move over to Knowledge Corner. What is NLP? We covered it in past partly, but here is a refresher. What is natural language processing? Natural language processing, or NLP, refers to the branch of computer science, and more specifically, The branch of artificial intelligence, or AI, concerned with giving computers the ability to understand text and spoken words in much the same way human beings can. Natural language processing is an interdisciplinary subfield of linguistics, computer science, and artificial intelligence concerned with the interactions between computers and human language. In particular, how to program computers to process and analyze large amounts of natural language data. The goal is a computer capable of understanding the contents of documents, including the contextual nuances of the language within them. The technology can then accurately extract information and insights contained in the documents, as well as categorize and organize the documents themselves. Challenges in natural language processing frequently involve speech recognition, natural language understanding, and natural language generation 11 common examples of NLP Email filters, virtual assistants, voice assistants, or smart speakers Online search engines, predictive text and autocorrect Monitor brand sentiment on social media, sorting customer feedback, automating processes in customer support, chatbots, automatic summarization, machine translation, natural language generation. The top seven techniques natural language processing uses to extract data from text are... Sentiment analysis, named entity recognition, summarization, topic modeling, text classification, keyword extraction, lemmatization, and stemming. Which Python library is used for NLP? NLTK, the Natural Language Toolkit, or NLTK, is one of the premier libraries for developing natural language processing models, making it an excellent choice for sentiment analysis. Methods of NLP, rules, statistics, neural networks... In the early days, many language processing systems were designed by symbolic methods, i.e., the hand coding of a set of rules coupled with a dictionary lookup, such as writing grammars or devising heuristic rules for stemming. More recent systems based on machine learning algorithms have many advantages over hand produced rules. The learning procedures used during machine learning automatically focus on the most common cases, whereas when writing rules by hand, it is often not at all obvious where the effort should be directed. Automatic learning procedures can make use of statistical inference algorithms to produce models that are robust to unfamiliar input. ...example containing words or structures that have not been seen before... ...and to erroneous input... ...example with misspelled words or words accidentally omitted... ...generally handling such input gracefully with handwritten rules... ...or more generally creating systems of handwritten rules... ...that make soft decisions is extremely difficult error-prone and time-consuming. Systems based on automatically learning the rules can be made more accurate simply by supplying more input data. However, systems based on handwritten rules can only be made more accurate by increasing the complexity of the rules, which is a much more difficult task. In particular, there is a limit to the complexity of systems based on handwritten rules, beyond which the systems become more and more unmanageable. However, creating more data to input to machine learning systems simply requires a corresponding increase in the number of man-hours worked, generally without significant increases in the complexity of the annotation process. Despite the popularity of machine learning in NLP research, symbolic methods are still, in 2020, commonly used. When the amount of training data is insufficient to successfully apply machine learning methods, example, for the machine translation of low-resource languages such as provided by the Apertium system, for pre-processing in NLP pipelines, example, tokenization, or for Post-processing and Transforming the Output of NLP Pipelines Example for Knowledge Extraction from Syntactic Passes Statistical Methods Since the so-called Statistical Revolution in the late 18... (laughs) Whoops! In the late 1980s and mid-1990s, Much natural language processing research has relied heavily on machine learning. The machine learning paradigm calls instead for statistical inference to automatically learn such rules through the analysis of large corpora. The plural form of corpus is a set of documents, possibly with human or computer annotations, of typical real-world examples." Many different classes of machine learning algorithms have been applied to natural language processing tasks. These algorithms take as input a large set of features that are generated from the input data. Increasingly, however, research has focused on statistical models, which make soft probabilistic decisions based on attaching real-valued weights to each input feature. Complex valued embeddings and neural networks in general have also been proposed, for example, speech. Such models have the advantage that they can express the relative certainty of many different possible answers rather than only one, producing more reliable results when such a model is included as a component of a larger system. Some of the earliest used machine learning algorithms, such as decision trees, produced systems of hard-if-then rules, similar to existing handwritten rules. However... Part of speech tagging introduced the use of hidden Markov models to natural language processing and, increasingly, research has focused on statistical models which make soft, probabilistic decisions based on attaching real-valued weights to the features making up the input data the cache language models upon which many speech recognition systems now rely are examples of such statistical models such models are generally more robust when given unfamiliar input especially input that contains errors as is very common for real world data and produce more reliable results when integrated into a larger system comprising multiple subtasks. Since the neural turn, statistical methods in NLP research have been largely replaced by neural networks. However, they continue to be relevant for contexts in which statistical interpretability and transparency is required." Neural networks. A major drawback of statistical methods is that they require elaborate feature engineering. Since 2015, the field has thus largely abandoned statistical methods and shifted to neural networks for machine learning. Popular tasks include the use of word embeddings to capture semantic properties of words, and an increase in end to end learning of a higher level task, example, question answering, instead of relying on a pipeline of separate intermediate tasks, example, part of speech tagging and dependency passing. In some areas, this shift has entailed substantial changes in how NLP systems are designed, such that deep neural network-based approaches may be viewed as a new paradigm distinct from statistical natural language processing. For instance, the term Neural Machine Translation, or NMT, emphasizes the fact that deep learning-based approaches to machine translation directly learn sequence-to-sequence transformations, obviating the need for intermediate steps such as word alignment and language modeling that was used in statistical machine translation, or SMT. Whoa, whoa 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 nice okay wow there you go that's your knowledge and history corners uh because the next sentence in i by, by, by the way by, by, by the way i did enjoy reading that yes i like using my vocal cords to enunciate words can't you tell um but yes the next sentence in the transcript is this one and That's it! For now, in the next episode, we will elaborate on common NLP tasks. Ooh. Nipple nipple tickle tickle. But for now, it's enough. Stay safe and stay deadly. Excellently excitable erythrocytes. Singularity is near. Yo. Yo back at ya.